Hello. Good. Well, I was going to say good morning, but you could be listening to this any time. But it's good morning from <laughs> us. <laughs> it is a good morning from us. Um, I'm Charlie. And I'm George. And this is Archers and Tea. Basically, George and I are very good friends. Um, and something we both love is the Archers. And usually we would get together with a cup of tea and dissect the whole thing. But due to these strange circumstances, we've not been able to. So we thought we would record our uh, remote conversations, our socially distanced conversations, and uh, let you guys join in and tune in to our little witterings. Absolutely. So if you fancy, just grab a cup of tea, sit down, have a little listen, and just kind of relax for the next hour while we have a little natter. George, do you have a cup of tea? I've got my cup of tea. I've got my cup of tea. Have you got your cup of tea? I do. I've got a biscuit this week. You've got biscuits this week. I have no biscuits. <gasps> oh, I'm so sorry. What biscuits have you got? So last week I didn't have any biscuits and I tweeted that I didn't have any biscuits and our silent friend, um, who's very lovely, sent me some in the post. Wow. So <laughs> I know, I feel pretty lucky. The best silent friend ever. Well, I'm going to very clearly state for the record that I have no biscuits in the house. So if anybody, you know, you know, if somebody did want to send any biscuits, that would be, you know, that'd be fine. Hint, drop. No, I wouldn't be overloaded. <laughs> that was a heavy, heavy. <laughs> wasn't really a hint. It wasn't really a hint. That was just me. No, no, no. I, I'm perfectly fine without biscuits, but I'm glad you've got biscuits. That's lovely. Oh, no. I think everybody needs biscuits at this time. They are really interesting. I've got to say, they are very weird. I've never had a biscuit quite like it. Oh, wow. I really like the biscuits. Um, it's really mm. tasty. It's lime. Oh, lime biscuit. I think I've had one of those before. Is it just lime or has it got something else? It's got like little nutty things in. It doesn't have any nut in it. It's like a shortbread and half of it's covered in chocolate. And it's just got this really strong lime flavour. There might be another one in there. And I thought, oh, that's that's weird. I'm not going to like that. But it is actually quite Moorish. Warming into it. That's good. Mm. And in a way... I know it's a fruit, like lime is a fruit and everything, but it's not massively sweet. So you feel like you can eat more of them, basically. <laughs> it's great. It's basically one of your five a day. <laughs> now, last week, um, we were both wearing our homemade Easter bonnets that we'd made inspired by the arches. Yes, indeed. Mine is mine is now taken pride of place on... Uh... On our bookcase, <laughs> it's sort of. I'm not quite sure how long it's going to live there, but it's but it's but it's sitting there at the moment. So I'm admiring it again. Um, and you oh, had your lovely Easter bonnet. I did. I wore that for a quiz uh, where Great. there were extra points for costumes, but now it has taken pride of place in the recycling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm not quite sure how it's going to. We did discuss whether you know would would we keep it, and and I think that this, yeah, I don't think so. But you know, we, we're following the art. <laughs> The Ambridge rules, and they are recycled and recyclable. Indeed. So that's that's got to be good. And then, of course, so we don't tend to talk about the news on Archers and Tea. It's a relaxed, chilled kind of show. But um, it has been announced recently that we have three more weeks of lockdown. So at least that means that uh, <laughs> probably three more weeks of Archers and Tea, eh, George? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm game, if you're game. I'm game. <laughs> There's got to be a silver lining. It may or may not be welcome news for everyone else, but it's welcome news for us at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, let's begin. Indeed. So, Sunday's episode. Well, that was very, very good for me. Is that is that because Harrison opened the episode? Yeah. Is that... <laughs> handsome Harrison. The very handsome Harrison, um, in my mind. In your mind's eye. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was very pleased about that. Also because he was doing such official police work. I think the actor does such a good job of sounding like a real policeman. But it's great as well, isn't it? Because you you get the contrast when he's at home um, and just sort of joking about and stuff. And then when he's mm. doing, when he's in police mode, he is in police mm. mode. Um, mm. And you sort of imagine that must be, that must be true to a certain extent with actual policemen. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I have a friend who's a doctor and in real life, I mean, in real life, he's also a doctor, <laughs> but um, when he's not being a doctor, when he's just at a party, he is really raucous, really loud, um, really fun to be around, very, very funny guy. But then if you say to him, oh, um, I've got this like pain in my elbow or whatever, he just suddenly becomes doctor. Really? He goes, okay, tell me about that. Right. And he listens and he, and he, and he like strokes his chin and it's all genuine. And you go, oh. This is what you're like when you're a doctor with other people. I I have a similar I had a similar thing with another friend of mine. Yeah, and again, it's that sort of 
even after a few drinks, even after a few drinks, you kind of have a nice evening, and then you like just mention something, and suddenly, yes, it's <laughs> it's doctor mode, isn't it? Um, yeah. Which is, which I think is good, isn't it? Because you sort of, I guess it's a little bit like um, my friends now who are teachers, um, who I, you know, I've seen them, um, you know, drunkenly dancing on top of a van or you know you know not that that's a specific <laughs> example um it, it feels very specific George <laughs> but now but now you know they are leading the next generation um and uh, and you and you think yes they, they've got to have some sort of other persona because otherwise uh, <laughs> yes you get no respect from that path at all well I remember being at school and just completely forgetting that teachers were people in like yeah. in real life didn't you like you're you're 12 years old and you're like and then you see the teacher in a shop or something and it really freaks you out that they they exist beyond the school walls yes absolutely it's very strange but of course yeah I mean my sister's a teacher and you have to you have to know that there's a difference although she's quite um she's sort of a teacher all the time I think she might have been born a teacher <laughs> born to do it that's fine. <laughs> so yes yeah, sorry going back to the arches um Harrison is begins this episode um and he's interviewing Philip I think at the police station. I think it is. It feels like it's at the police station. So he gets he gets cautioned. We don't hear the caution, but we hear that he has been cautioned, and Harrison assures him that it's you know that's just you know what we have to do for everyone. Um, but yeah, I was sort of just sat listening to this, thinking, is he gonna slip up? Is he gonna is he gonna give anything away? And and Harrison was you know in professional mode. He was obviously questioning him properly he wasn't like treating him as a mm. mate or anything um and I was I was quite tense listening to this yeah me too I was really waiting for that moment where Philip might um slip up but I found Philip was was really good wasn't he he seemed he seemed to be quite practiced and very convincing he sort of talked about how Blake hadn't gone on well at school but he was a great guy to work with and he works really hard and he's a really good lad and I found that quite interesting that he was his game plan potentially seems to be to be really on Blake's side to not blame Blake for everything mm. yeah is is that a sneaky game because I initially would have assumed that he would try and pile all the blame on Blake to protect Gavin and himself well but he's it's a very sort of he's passively blaming him isn't he he's sort of saying he's never done anything like this before but by saying that, he's saying, but it was him this time and it was his fault this time. If it, mm. he, you're, you're right that he's, he's, he's sort of saying, oh, no, he's a good, good lad. But I guess he's very clever because that's, you know, if you did have a work workman who you respected and liked working with, that's the response you would have. So that, yes. that, that feels like, feel, feels very, you know, like, say, calculated and the right thing for him to be doing. Would it bring more suspicion on to Philip if he was overly negative about Blake and trying to, and if it really came across that he was trying to blame Blake, then maybe that would rouse some of some suspicion from Harrison. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think, I think it's a, it's a clever game he's playing. I think, unfortunately, mm. I think the only place he could be slipped up in this interview was that he's quite specific that Gavin had nothing to do with the materials, with the petrol, but then, Harrison sort of presses that. He goes, oh, so Gavin picked him up but didn't see the unloading or the loading of all the materials. It's like, no, no, Gavin had nothing to do with it. And Gavin didn't provide the materials. No, 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 Gavin had nothing to do with it. But Gavin was driving the van and Gavin was in charge when you were away. Yes, yes, but he had nothing to do with it. And I feel like that might be where Philip becomes mm. unstuck. Yeah, it felt like Harrison realised that was odd. For somebody to just mm. be driving a van around, not helping load anything, not helping take anything out of the out of the van, just to be sat there in the mm. front, feels like an odd thing. And, and yeah, he, mm. it felt like he picked up on it, but not in a sort of like, oh, these these people are guilty of something. Yeah. Well, we'll see. That will keep going. I'm, it was Indeed. nice to hear that that it is moving forward. Definitely. And meanwhile, we had um, we'd sort of been led into it last week, but. Uh, Freddie and Lillian are helping Robert set up set up yeah. home basically for Linda's return. Mm. So they bring the bed downstairs, but then yes. that's by the window. And then Lillian suggests that she's got this lovely screen that she can bring. Of course she has. Of course she's got a lovely Japanese screen. Yes, I know. <laughs> Just lying around the house. But, 
just lying around the dower house. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the dower house. <laughs> the dower house. I did get a little sense, a sneaking sense of trepidation, however, because I could just hear it, you know. Robert's so excited and thinking, oh, it'll be lovely for her to be by the window. And then someone pointed out that maybe that would be a little bit exposing. And you just can, you can feel it, can't you? It all makes sense to him, but you mm. know it's coming, that it's probably not going to be what Linda wants. And yeah. it would make sense to me. I, I think I would probably think the same way, but it's just sort of another example of how you, how you can't predict how other people are going to react to something that you think is a, a really good thing, you know, to somebody else who's been through something else, um, it might not be the same. And I, I got yeah. a bit nervous. Yeah, bless Robert. He's trying so hard, isn't he? But it's, mm. yeah, it's a tricky one. You can't fault Robert for his intentions, definitely. Yeah. And, and there, was a, there was a really lovely moment of um, of sort of profundity from Freddie, where he actually, he sort of can see that Linda is struggling. And he can he, yeah. he, he he sums it up so well in just that one little moment when he's talking to Lillian, and Lillian sort of bats it away and so you know and uh, yeah I think do we think she was a little bit dismissive there? Yes, I think it might have registered with Lillian. She is very perceptive, but mm. it felt a little bit like um, well the sort of classic, uh, slightly more traditional way of dealing with emotional problems. Oh, it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, versus the younger uh, generations maybe way of dealing with problems which mm. is a little bit more um, emotionally honest I don't want to cast aspersions upon any generation of people but it just felt that sort of you felt that difference in mm. um, traditional ways of dealing with emotions in Britain <laughs> and yeah. someone trying to talk about it I think you know Freddie's uh... Well, I was going to say he's had that experience with his mum, but actually, I guess he wasn't really around for the bulk of that, was he? Where she was really no. struggling because he was, he was elsewhere. Let's say. <laughs> um. But yeah, it is a nice, <laughs> it's a nice moment for Freddie. He's talking to Lillian about um, Linda maybe not being as happy as she makes out. So it was mm. also kind of comforting. You, I felt that people are talking, even if they're doing it slowly. Yeah, um, indeed. But I did feel a little uneasy. Mm. Yes, I know what you mean. There was an awareness that Linda, this uh, Linda's possibly not going to welcome this change with open arms. Um, mm. But we shall we shall find out in a later episode this week. Mm. So we move on to Monday, and uh, another brilliant bit of bit of Tracy in there. <sighs> Fantastic. Love Tracy Horobin. I love how into cricket she is now. She's just like she's gone. She's fully invested. She mm. absolutely loves it. But it's, it's, there's quite a, a, a nice point that they're raising here, which, which is something that I guess you know, anyone who's played in a sports team sort of realises. It, what, what, what is most important about playing in a sports team? Is it winning or is it having a laugh and getting on with your mates? Um, and sometimes those two things go together and sometimes they don't really affect each other at all. I think mm. I, I used to play rugby when I was... Um, at school and university and when I was at university I, I had a couple of great seasons really fun in their own ways one season we did really well and we were winning every game but actually probably my favourite season was the one before where we were struggling we were sort of like mid-table but we'd occasionally have a brilliant game where we'd win but sometimes we'd get thrashed but we were, I was playing with a group of people who I really got on well with and um, and, and those, those occasional wins you got meant all the more Rather than the following season, where we were just thrashing teams every every week, um, but 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 Tracy can't quite see that you can get enjoyment out of a team just by um, kind of having fun. Um, she wants to win. Oh, I know. I think that's such a lovely story, George, and I think that's really important. That sometimes we think we do get this idea with sport that it's all about winning, and there's no point in doing it unless you're the best. But actually, people can get so much from sport that isn't anything to do with winning and it's maybe being in a team or a structure or yeah the camaraderie you get from a sports team is kind of is is can be pretty special mm. well sometimes don't you remember doing a show like doing a play maybe at drama school or elsewhere and you and you realize don't you that it's not necessarily the best show in the world 
But if you have a great cast and you have a good time doing it, it can create the best memories. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's sort of the toughest jobs where the, the play's not not your favourite play or or actually it's a really hard kind of... You know, I've done tours around schools where you're getting up at five in the morning to go and drive across London to pick up two other people and get to Kent before nine o'clock or whatever, um, which which is really hard wow. work. But, but actually, the, that, that, the cast that I was doing that job with we were really close while we were doing it because because um, it was tough tough to get through. But, uh, you mm. know, you pull together and you, you get through it together. Oh, mm. So we'll see what happens with Tracy. She's, um, Indeed. she's not pleased about some of the older people joining um, and the kit is mouldy. <laughs> that, that's great. <laughs> that's such a kind of a great village cricket uh, thing to have happened. That, you know, the, the, sheds, <laughs> the sheds leaked. Somebody's, somebody's had the kit in their shed and the, the sheds leaked and it's got all mouldy. <laughs> Oh dear. And then also in this episode, Linda returns home um, and there are sort of a list of things that just go wrong one after the other. Monty isn't there. She doesn't like the bed being downstairs. And then she doesn't like the position it is it has in the room. Mm. And she's she's a little bit acerbic, I'd say. Yeah. But, uh, and I think we having heard everything she's been going through at the hospital and getting those insights, we can understand how she's feeling but I think for Robert and for Leone it's sort of out of nowhere and what's you know where's this come from mm. and I think you're absolutely right that we know that she's probably feeling uh, the lack of independence she hasn't been able to make some of these choices herself she doesn't like feeling um, like an invalid inverted commas but mm. To and to, from Robert's point of view, he's just worked really hard to make it really nice, and he's just really pleased she's coming home. I kind of understand where Leone comes from as well. It's her dad who's worked really hard, and her dad's been through a lot, and it's sort of her job to look after him. So she gets very, very defensive, but she isn't taking into account exactly what Linda's been through, but also what Robert wants, because I don't think Robert really wants anybody to have a go at Linda on his behalf. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's slightly misguided. She, she's st- standing up and protecting, but it's a little bit, um, unfortunately, a little mis- bit misguided. Mm, and if you're Robert and you've worked so hard to try and make things perfect, and then somebody else comes in and breaks it, but also says, this is for you, Dad. You must be so frustrated to be like, it's not for me. That's not what I wanted. But he speaks to Leone about that, and Leone gets very annoyed, Um but once again, I just feel like, oh, poor Robert, you know, he can't mm. control Linda. He also can't control his daughter. Yep. You know, he can only do his best and hope, really. Yeah. And then there's that lovely scene um, later where sort of Robert walks into the bathroom when Linda's in the bath, which you sort of assume that, you know, as a married couple, that he would quite happily do that normally. Um, mm. But Linda is, you know, wants him to get out, is, is, is kind of is shocked and, and suddenly uh, she's just... She fe- it feels like she's ashamed of her body and what's happened to her. And it's horrible. Yeah, it was really, really sad, wasn't it? It really was. It was really horrible. Yeah, it was really sad. It was a really difficult scene to listen to. She's self-conscious in front of her own husband. Yeah. Because obviously it's the person she loves the most in the world. That she should, that's the person whose opinion matters to her most. And I found it quite heartbreaking. Mm. Of course, Robert actually reminds her, I've already bathed you in the hospital. And then her reaction, her realisation, yeah. oh, oh, you've already seen it. Oh, I found it really, really, really sad. Mm, yeah. I thought Robert's response was absolutely what he needed to say to Linda, really, which is, you know, I love you now as much as I ever did. He makes it clear mm. that nothing has changed. And I think that's really nice. Yeah, um, that's all just what she needs to hear, I think, at the moment. And then Linda does apologise to Robert for her behaviour. So you can, you know that Linda is aware and, but you just hear how difficult it is for her and and he's very sympathetic about it. Totally. And then she's reunited with Monty. Yeah, right at the end of the episode, wasn't it? It was really lovely. I just had a big old smile on my face. It was, you could just hear him. I love the, 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 you could just hear him running into the room and uh, I, I just think that must be fantastic. Yeah, I thought that was absolutely wonderful and it was so, um, it felt so recognisable. I know that sort of reaction when you see your pet again and they're so excited to see you. I mean, dogs are pretty good for that, aren't they? But it nearly had me in tears. I think 
pets are so important to us. I think for lots of people, they're members of the family and they, they really love us no matter what, generally, you know. They don't care what you look like. Uh, they don't care what you're wearing or whether you've washed your hair that day. Yeah, absolutely. I've never had a pet. Really? Yeah, no, never had a pet. You've never had a pet? No, we didn't have one growing up. We, we were sort of, we were, I, I've got two younger brothers, so it was always always quite full on <laughs> in my household, just in terms of <laughs> us, you know, weekends, we'd all be all over the place playing different rugby matches or football matches and everything. Um, and I think, I, I just think my we couldn't have done justice to looking after a pet really especially a dog um but probably mm. not even a cat really um and and now i think i think we'd we'd love to get a dog at some point in the future but again we're just we're just not quite in the in the situation to be able to look after one properly um but hopefully one day you've got a lovely cat haven't you firstly i think that's very responsible of you to make sure that you're considering everything before getting a pet I you know I think it's really important it would be much worse to have a pet that you can't look after than not have a pet at all Mm. so well done but yes I do have a cat (laughs) Um, her name we got her she was um she was 11 when we got her so she was already a slightly older lady and she's um absolutely mad (laughs) but I had one when I was younger actually um all my sort of childhood and I could swear to you, I would swear to you that she used to understand when I was sad. And um, and definitely if I'd been crying, she would she would come over and, and sit on my lap. I mean, mm. she sat on my lap a lot in general, but um, I, 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 at the time I, I thought, you know, you know I need a yeah, little cuddle. It's remarkable, isn't it? Angel, who's my cat now, she does do that, but I'm, I'm she's slightly newer to the family. Um, I've had her only about two years now. Um, so yeah. she, I think she knows, but also she's just very needy. She's in here right now, actually. <laughs> not be, not to be shooed out. She knows where I am. She just had a bit of a needy morning. So, um, yeah. even though the door's closed, she would rather be in here with me. I mean, I might have to go yeah. up later and let her out, but yeah, she's just face down in the covers at the moment, having a sleep. I can imagine for both, for both Linda and for Monty himself, um, mm. It must be just a, such a sweet reunion. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just could picture his tail wagging like mad. Oh, I know. And he's so big, isn't he? He's a big dog. Yes, I don't know what sort of dog is. Do we know what dog? Is like, he something like a Great Dane? Is he? Oh, that wow. I, that's fantastic. I've never quite pictured him like that in my mind. Yes, that's right, because whenever... Monty and uh, Ruby meet up on a walk. It's always a little bit, <laughs> it's, it's sort of a description of it of, of them being slightly mismatched. <laughs> I know, I love that. But I remember the episodes a couple of months ago when, um, or maybe it was even a year ago when Linda was searching for a new dog and she would That's take right. a dog for a couple of days, and there was that Bichon Frise that ate her special book or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do remember that. <laughs> Yeah, and then she ended up with this giant dog. It was brilliant. So, and I think this episode ends in the best way. So, Kirsty joins Shula for this egg painting that she'd previously reneged on. Um, and I thought Shula was very generous letting Kirsty in. Yeah, well, I, I thought, you know, Kirsty might be ruining um, Shula's perfect Charlie evening in. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it was so good, you know, movie on the telly, bottle of wine, painting some eggs. Um, but actually she was very happy to see Kirsty and they yeah. drank some wine and chatted about what was going on. And then I couldn't believe it. I think they must have been a little bit influenced by their wine because <laughs> Kirsty breaks that, that bunny, that chocolate bunny that Lillian has brought round. And Shula's response, very un like in my opinion, is um, to eat it. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's brilliant. She's so naughty. I couldn't quite work out from, well, we'll get to it later in the week, but did they eat all of it or did they just eat the ears? I couldn't, I couldn't work out from the later episode whether, well, we'll come on to that later. I, I think they ate the whole thing. <laughs> ate the whole thing. Whole thing's gone. Whole thing's gone. They've got to buy a replacement. Mm, I'd like to hear what people think. Did they eat the whole thing and replace it with what we now know they replaced it with? Or have they tried to cover up the cover amount that up. they ate? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't quite work that out. <laughs> That's great. But I just loved hearing sort of Shula's edge because she can be, she's a very good person, isn't she? 
which is lovely. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But it's nice to hear, you know, she's a bit naughty sometimes as well. I always think it's quite sweet to hear how much she's missing Freddie as well. I think, you know, she, I think she really misses him living with her. Um, you know, he brought mm. a bit of life and, you know, occasionally was was a bit much, like when he was reading her diary. But uh, I think, it's, you know, she clearly misses having him around, which is quite sweet. Yeah. They are a great pair, actually. You'd think that Freddie would never have gotten on with Auntie mm. Shula, but actually he can be quite relaxed around Shula, can't he? It's lovely, yeah. a lovely combo. Indeed. So we'll move on to Tuesday's episode. Um, we start with some cricket, I believe, and Tracy is being Tracy. Yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, she's being too so Tracy that Harrison gets a bit fed up and tells her she can run the nets the next net session. But uh, Tracy's fine with that. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see what's going to happen because it. I, yeah. think, I think there's a chance we're going to have some sort of mutiny on her hands if she starts running them the way that she wants to run them. Um, but we'll have to see see what happens there. But uh, yeah, she's yeah, she's no. not, not unhappy. No, I'm looking forward to that, definitely. Yeah. And then um, Lillian and Linda meet up. You hear a bit of the old Linda coming out, which is nice. Yeah, you know? totally. I was, it was suddenly like, oh, wow, Linda's back. This is It just sounded really nice. And, uh, mm. and she's sort of sounded a little bit back to her old self. Yeah, I really liked that. And Lillian was insisting that Linda must attend the Easter festival, saying it's the most important thing. And Linda goes, um, apart from actual Easter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What I love about this bit is that Lillian goes on and on about her fancy chocolate bunny that she's bought as a prize. <laughs> <laughs> which is fantastic you know it's such a brilliant bit of um oh what is it um dramatic irony isn't it where we know we know what's happening we know that it's gone it's fantastic love it love it and then uh we've got well gray gables because they've they, they've reopened now haven't they gray gables but they're clearly mm. struggling a little bit and there's a bit of a yeah. conversation between roy and oliver about um that they're having some complaints um is this is this the episode where there's some some guests staying in a room where they think they can smell smoke as, and yeah like sort of complaining and they give them an upgrade it's all all sounds a bit difficult um mm. and that they're they're sort of struggling a little bit I, I i kind of i was left wondering you know with the with the announcement that um coronavirus is coming to um ambridge at some point um i was left worrying are Greg Gables going to be able to survive that when that comes along? Oh my goodness, that is a really good point. Yeah, I'd sort of, I, I just because they're obviously going to have to close again at some point, presumably. So yeah, they're, oh they're struggling at the moment. I know, and then and then there's going to be more struggles. We we know that there's more struggles ahead. Um, <laughs> there will be trouble ahead. <laughs> 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 oh yeah no one needs us singing a duet <laughs> <laughs> no actually that's, that's a way to lose listeners <laughs> <laughs> but what I, <laughs> what I really really got excited about this episode I was walking in the park and out loud went oh yes <laughs> people must think I'm a little bit touched but um Roy started talking to Oliver and Oliver started talking to Roy about the findings of the investigation into the explosion and Oliver says Oliver says well what really really confused me is that Blake turned the grill on why would he turn the grill on yeah so you've got this question mark hanging in the air yeah absolutely and then Roy goes oh yeah that is weird also did I tell you you know when I went to see Blake he was acting really really strangely I've got to tell you George I got so excited I was just I like oh, it's beginning I know absolutely I um it's 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 what we've been you know hoping for and, and wanting is people are starting to talk to each other <laughs> it's great mm. yeah and just sharing mm. a little bit of information, the little bits of information they picked up on their own, in their own little sections. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. It feels like the first little step, doesn't it? Yeah, you're absolutely right. They've started talking to each other mm. and it is, it's the cogs are turning. Yeah. They're, they're sort of pointing out the odd uh, inconsistencies in all of this. And um, I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I was, I was hoping for a sort of crackpot team of mystery solvers. And I thought, oh, that'll include Roy and... Maybe Lillian, I thought, but but Oliver, 
is an excellent addition to that uh, that team. I reckon. Absolutely, he can he can be on the uh, the detective team anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fabulous. We shall have to see see where that goes. Yeah, and then Wednesday's episode. So I think I worked out because of the, everything's out of sync at the moment because we don't get Friday episodes. Everything's out of sync, and I think I worked out that this episode, so Wednesday's episode, was originally meant for Easter Sunday. Okay, yes, that makes sense, because they're at church, are they? We've got Shula at church with Alan. Mm. Is that right? Is that this episode? And then, uh, yeah, that's right, Shula and Alan are at church. They're talking about Shula's um, fancy time away. Oh, the cat's joining me now. Um, <laughs> and um, and then Roy also talks about attending, because Roy's there and they're at St Stephen's, and then they talk about the next day being the festival. I know that was meant to be Easter Sunday. Yes, good detective work. Well worked out. You can be on the crack, t- crack, um, detective the crack team. The crack team. Well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I can be on the detective team. So in this episode, some of the Grey Gables team attend St Stephen's, um, and Roy sort of points out that I know I don't come a lot, but is it okay that we're here? And I think a lot of the Grey Gables team uh, will get a bit of solace from coming to church at this point. Mm. And so I'm not a religious person. But I do understand this. I think that need to go somewhere that is so associated with reflection and contemplation and also um, a place where you can give thanks for your good fortune. Yeah. And, And it's a place that brings people together. I sort of understood the desire to go there. I might not choose to go to a church specifically, but um, I really understood that move. Do you ever feel like that? Well, yeah. I mean, when I actually, I sort of, I think I can remember it in, in, in recent, recent memory. Um, when I was touring around with Peter Pan goes wrong at the start of the year. Um, one of the things I really enjoyed about that was going to different different cities I'd not visited before um, and visiting mm. the cathedrals there. Because I love, I, I'm again, I'm not particularly religious myself, but I, I love religious buildings. Um, I sang in a sang in a chapel choir when I was at school, so I sort of mm. every Sunday evening I'd be singing, um, singing in the chapel choir um, mm. because I love music and and that's um, you know I got a lot out of it. But there's something quite interesting about being in those buildings because they're so ancient and so sort of there's so much history that's happened there and the kind of sitting you know that tall ceiling and I actually particularly yeah. remember in Chester I think it was going with a couple of my castmates and we we were having quite it'd been quite a busy week I'd just joined the cast so I had a lot of rehearsals and kind of dress rehearsal and then opening the show on, you know, for myself on the Thursday and then two shows on the Saturday but we just went went along and sat in the cathedral in Chester just for today must have ended up sitting there for about an hour but it was just really lovely it was really mm. nice calming it was sort of what we all needed at that at that point um just yeah. to kind of take us away so yeah I can completely understand that um it wasn't yeah. like a, it wasn't a service that we were at it was just kind of sitting in the in the building and having a bit of a you know a moment of contemplation but uh yeah yeah I'd be really interested to hear if people have places that they go that aren't necessarily Christian churches um you know, are there any other places that sort of serve that purpose in the same way? I, I wonder. I quite like going to the countryside. It's not the same, you know, it's not a building, but you can sit by the sea a lot of the time and look yeah. out. And I find that quite a good place to, to relax and contemplate and, and just be peaceful for a while. But yeah, I'd love to hear if anyone else has anywhere else they go. Even um, doing a show and... You know, it's been a bit of a busy week or full-on week, just kind of arriving at the theatre and just sort of sitting <laughs> sitting in the, an empty theatre for half an hour or so can also be a really lovely uh, lovely thing as well. Um, oh, absolutely. The power of those sorts of buildings, those kind of, you know, churches or theatres where they're, they're, you know, people people fill them often, but then when mm. they're empty, there's, there's kind of interesting kind of energy. Yeah. Behind. When we were in uh, Grown Ups, I, you probably remember, I used to go down to warm up a bit early uh, partly because I needed to do an extended warm-up but also um, I used to love sitting in the auditorium when the theatre was completely empty and quiet sometimes maybe the tech team were doing things but I found it really really sort of calming yeah. and um, when we were filming the goes wrong show plug plug <laughs> um, <laughs> series two on the way <laughs> series two on the way series one out now BBC iPlayer um, I used to quite enjoy sitting in the studio if if we could um when even when nothing was happening necessarily at filming wise, obviously the mm. the 
production team and the technical team would be working constantly. And um, but as an actor sitting on in the sort of audience seats, as it all happened, it was quite meditative. Like you, you could just watch the things happen, and everyone's so good at their jobs and. Mm. But it was calm in there, a place where later it's going to be extremely hectic. I used to <laughs> find, I used to love it in there. Watching that gradual build up is uh, yeah, yeah, really nice. And then we had a really lovely um, moment with Alistair and Shula because Alistair has remembered that Shula's got her bishop ordination uh, board. Is that what it is? Bishop? No, Bishop Advisory Board. Bishop Advisory Board. Got it in my little notes. Yes, that's it. I <laughs> got it in my little notes. I couldn't remember what it was called. In my notes, I've called it Special Bishop's Fancy Ordination Party Weekend Thing. That's pretty much what it is. I think that's, that's a fairly good summation. <laughs> but it's really sweet because Alistair's remembered that, that it, this is happening. And obviously they've now separated. But um, I, I really like the friendship they've managed to find with each other mm. um, and the support that he's able to give her and offer her over the phone. I know, they're so sweet together. They're such good friends. I mean, it was a particularly thoughtful thing to do and I did wonder whether, is this a, a sign that they could get back together? And But I think that might be unlikely. Yes, I think because that, you know, all he's done is what, what good friends, what great friends do. Um, mm. And that was always what Shula's point was, is that they were friends rather than husband and wife any longer. Um, yeah. And I did. I I I thought a similar sort of thing, but I couldn't quite work out whether that was because of the other action in this episode, which of course is Ed and Emma. Oh yes! Oh my gosh, yes! Because of course we were so excited and then upset last week when Emma decided to put her heart, you know, out there for Ed and say, "I want you back." Mm. But then he sort of very rationally, but slightly annoyingly uh said no we shouldn't get back together because things actually haven't changed our circumstances haven't changed and I don't want to upset the kids he's being very very cautious and then and then we so we hear um that Trace is complaining about cricket classic (laughs) Emma sort of has taken that as a metaphor for life that change is needed and that she's going to move out of her parents place um with the kids and of course we hear this just as we also hear that Ed is talking to Jazza about wanting Emma back. I know, I know. And I couldn't work out how I felt about it, whether it was, oh no, what a nightmare, what terrible timing. Or if there's going to be one thing that's going to push Ed into action and just you know realise that he does want her and the kids back, it's going to be Emma announcing that she's moving away from Ambridge. Or at this point, I thought, you know, where's she moving to? Where's she going to, you know, where's she thinking mm. about moving to? Maybe she's thinking about a fresh start, and surely that will kick Ed into action. But That's maybe. That's a very good point, George. Well, I don't know. I, I didn't know whether it was a positive thing or a negative thing. I couldn't quite work it out. No, that's very good. It's very um, observant of you because I just got frustrated. I felt a little bit mm. like, oh, is this a sort of Ambridge, Ross and Rachel situation? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> we're on a break. <laughs> we're on a break. But I think you've made a really good point there that actually maybe this is what Ed needs mm. to realise that he's got to not just sort of sit back and let it amble in. He's going to have to really yeah. make a move if he wants him back. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll have to see. We shall have to see. Mm. And we may see in Thursday's episode because we, we're on to Thursday and now at the East Festival because this is now Easter Monday. This would technically have been Easter Monday. Finally, we've got to this Easter Festival because, of course, the most important thing um, about the archers in the last couple of weeks has been the Easter bonnet competition. Yes, absolutely. And, <laughs> and um, I'm sure that you and I would have done well. I've... I think I think we were a close third and fourth place. I I I, I, imp- I got it was implied. I think in the mm, dialogue. Mm. Um, yeah, mm, they definitely <laughs> taken. Do you know what? With all this coronavirus stuff, with all the things that are going on in the news, they did make a special effort to to re-record a scene <laughs> considering <laughs> our bonnets. Our bonnets, which is fantastic, isn't it? Because what is it? Um, Lillian gets a prize for <laughs> what does she get a prize for? Funniest hat. Despite the fact <laughs> Despite the fact that she hadn't entered, yeah. <laughs> Cause um Lillian was just wearing her normal hat that she wears to walk the dog, apparently, which is also a brilliant image. Apparently it's got feathers in it. Yes, something the one with feathers in. <laughs> 
And then the kids um, see it as she sort of accidentally walks out whilst the Easter bonnet competition is happening, the Easter parade. And uh, they think it's so brilliant that they create a new category to give her a prize. It's wonderful. It's great. Mm. I love it. I don't quite know. Do we? I don't, we didn't quite hear how Lily reacts to that for her. No. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not I sure. hope we do hear. She'd either run with it or or not be best pleased. I'm not quite sure which way she'd go. Um, <laughs> and then um, on a small note, um, we don't really hear about Jennifer's uh, bonnet, but it doesn't seem to be well rated by Chris. Not highly no. rated. No, although good eco use, wasn't it? But it basically mm. still looks like that. A cardboard box with a strap. Not like my cereal box bonnet, which. Exactly. Which, you know, we've shown, I say we, uh, Katie, my wife, has shown what you can do with uh, recycled materials. Um, yeah, did she do some weaving? Yeah, yeah, weaving. I thought I, so. I, with different different colours of cereal boxes. I mean, all of our cereals are now sat in bags on the shelf because there's no <laughs> cereal boxes left. <laughs> They're just kind of, you know, the bags are just sat there um, because we used four different cereal boxes. Um, but yeah, no, weaving. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't have had a clue what to do, but she's, uh, she's uh, very creative, very artistic. She's wonderful. Yes, she is. She's amazing. Um, so we do not get the answer. Well, we sort of get an answer to the Ed and Emma situation because Emma does tell Ed that she's looking for a place just as he was about to suggest getting back together. Yeah, yeah, in the same breath. And, and, and you can almost hear him getting his hopes up when she says, oh, can we have a quick word? He almost, you can hear him getting his hopes up because thinking, this is it, this is, she's going to ask again and I'm going to be able to say yes or, you know, and it just doesn't quite happen like that. Oh, I know. Oh, gosh. That was disappointing. Um, that was when my optimism from from uh, Wednesday's episode sort of dropped. Um, <laughs> and then Chris as well later on sort of says that maybe she's already found somewhere, which... Yes, I mean... Mm. I can't work that out at all because she was only talking about it yesterday wasn't she yes she was only talking about it yesterday and in the conversation with ed she was very clear and very convincing mm. that she said i'll let you know first yeah. so i wonder whether chris has just put his foot in it which is Maybe. not unlike christopher yes, indeed <laughs> yeah absolutely he's related to susan carter um, after all so yes and then we have we hear linda getting herself ready to go into the east festival and i could you could just hear it coming can't you you She's trying to be positive. She's trying to get ready and she's a little bit nervous. She's sort of saying, you know, maybe I'll just stay over here. And Chris kind of goes barreling over in his kind of, you know, all energy. And it just, it already seems a little bit too much for her. Mm. Um, and it's really sad because you can hear it coming. And, and Kenton's saying that he's going to give her a big welcome. And you think, no, please don't. Please don't. Oh, no, I know. You just, you, because I, I heard it in the previous episode the day before that, mm. you know, Kenton was going to announce Linda. And I thought, oh, they're pointing that one out quite a bit. Well, why, yeah. why are they making such a big deal of that? And then I sort of clicked on, on uh, yesterday's episode, no, yeah. Thursday's episode that, um, oh, of course, this is going to be awful this is going to be exactly not what linda wants yeah because they'd sort of done quite well linda and robert they were like right okay we are going to go and we'll get your hat and and she wears her sunglasses and she says to robert they're not too mafia are they yes (laughs) which is fab i want to see that now um and but you're like okay this might be all right and and the thing is if they could just listen to linda you know, look, I'd rather not go down. I'd rather just stay here. Mm. Then it's it's doable, isn't it? And yeah. that could have been a sort of vaguely positive experience, mm. even though you're right, Chris was, had blundered in a bit. Um, but then, oh, but then Kenton only goes and shoves the mic in her face. Yeah. And this is the issue because obviously everyone knows Linda and Linda normally would be all for having a mic shoved in her face. Like that's, mm. that's kind of, you know, she would relish that. But we have been able to see the development and we've seen how much she's struggling and how much she's, she's not herself. Although we've heard a little bit of a, you know, a glimpse of her being back to her old self. She's not herself yet. And she has been affected by this experience hugely. That's a very good point, George, that, that she normally previously to this accident would have been the person absolutely happy to take the microphone. Mm. And so it must be hard for people to, work out how to behave I always wonder Mm. you know often in these sorts of circumstances the person who suffered this um, awful traumatic event 
might not want people to tread on eggshells around them. They say, yeah. oh, you know, just treat me normally, treat me normally. Yeah. But actually, how do you know? Because sometimes if you, in this situation, treating Linda normally isn't the right thing to do because yeah. she's been through something so traumatic and it has affected her confidence. Um, yeah. it, I never know in these sorts of circumstances in real life how to be, you know. Do yeah. I act as if nothing's happened? Do I... Am I really overly sensitive about it? And I think the answer is probably just to speak openly, yeah. but but able to immediately stop. If you if they say, I'd like to not talk about it, you actually listen to their answer and you go, okay, fine, we won't talk about it. Yeah. I think I think that ask, asking that question, I think, is, because, you know, we, we've all, well, you know, I think we've probably a lot of us have been in the situation where, you know, somebody has received, you know, not good news or, or they're sort of, reeling from the impact of something within their life and it is it is hard to know what to do and I think sometimes just asking that question you know is a hug you know would you like a hug would you, is that gonna you know set you off what what would it would what would you want and sometimes we'd like a hug would be great and sometimes it's like no I actually don't because that's gonna you know really upset me or whatever it is but actually mm. asking the question and it can be really hard um, but if you know the person well enough and they're good enough friend then actually yeah Asking the question and listening to the answer. Indeed. Yes, absolutely. Asking and listening um, mm. is absolutely spot on. And I feel, I mean, I don't know very much about it and I should, I'll probably do some research, but I'm getting the feeling that Linda really is suffering from PTSD. Yes, it feels right, doesn't it? Post-traumatic stress syndrome. No, post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm. Um because it rings a bell to me and I might again I might be wrong here and I'm sorry if I'm speaking really ignorantly but that it's a it's a disorder that's not necessarily constantly present at the same intensity all the time hmm. it's something that can maybe come in waves or be um, exacerbated by by a situation you know a spike hmm. in in the negative symptoms by a situation and that would tally with this scene where she's doing okay you know, yeah. she's all right. She's got a, a vague sense of control over it. But then something completely out of her control that comes in that's a bit of um, a shock and something she's not expecting then causes her to completely freeze and not be mm. able to handle the situation in, in a way that she would like to. And um, and I just think that must be really, really difficult if you can't always predict how you will react to situations. Because mm. um, when you've got a physical injury and you go, I've got this problem with my leg, and so if I run, it gets worse. If I jump, yep. it gets worse. You sort of know what you can and can't do. And those injuries that are really irritating are the ones where you don't know that stretching in a certain way is going to cause it to hurt. Mm. And it's sort of the same with those uh, more emotional and mental um, injuries, as you, you know, yeah. if you like, that you might know that, oh, if I do this, this will make me feel bad. But a lot of the time you don't know what's going to set you off or what might mm. upset you. And, and in one situation you think, oh, this would cause me to be really upset and you actually are fine. And then mm. something that normally might seem innocuous can really, really um, unsettle you and destabilise you. It mm. must be really impossible to try and get a handle on. Absolutely. That's, uh, that's, that's such a really lovely point and really, really well put, Charlie. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so difficult. Thank you. With, with the, only, the only other little bit that in this episode that did make me laugh out loud, and, uh, and Katie had to come to the kitchen to see what I was laughing at, was, um, was little Billy Button. Little Billy <laughs> Button with his, uh, with his Easter eggs. Um, bless him. Who's, who's, who's obviously gone to a lot of effort to find all these Easter eggs. Um, and they've all got letters on and they can spell out a word. And uh, <laughs> Kenton, bless him. I just thought it was brilliant delivery from Kenton, the, the actor playing Kenton, because um, he just kind of, he picks up these letters and he goes, oh, that's an A and an R and an S. Uh, yes, that's what we do. <laughs> I think it's fabulous. Um, I, had a, I had a brief chat to my dad. My dad uh, my dad was sort of one of my ways into the arches. Um, he's always listened to it. So I had a bit of a chat to him over the phone about it. Uh, and he said, that's a kind of like a brilliant classic arches moment of kind of a little bit of innuendo, but not really, um, mm. not really coming out with a rude word. Um, apparently he, he, he was remembering when, when the internet was sort of first coming into its own. Um, apparently Linda took the internet to do a little bit of research for the Christmas show. Um, so she thought she'd, uh, uh, look online for any information about babes in the wood 
um, she could find, <laughs> which unfortunately, um, as you imagine, as you can imagine, with the uh, with the internet, might have uh, popped up a couple of unwanted results. <laughs> oh my goodness! To hear that would be excellent. Yeah. Um, there was an article. I actually tweeted it to you, George. Apparently, the Archers might be airing some older classic episodes of the Archers where big things happened. You know, big events. Maybe, um, maybe you know, the roof when. Um, yeah when Elizabeth's husband fell off the roof, things like that. Yeah. But um, I really hope they also do some comedy ones because it would be great to hear an episode uh, where Linda searches babes in the wood. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think oh, that'd be brilliant. I could, if they do play some old ones, that'd be fantastic. I'd, I'd really yeah. love, to, love to be able to listen to those. Well, for so people like us who've come into it a little bit later, you know, it would be a great way mm. for us to dip into the history of the arches yeah. that we hear so much about, but um, mm. we didn't hear at the time. Indeed. Well, and that's the end of the week. That um, is the end of the week. I loved, I've got to say to everyone listening, we loved seeing your bonnets that you'd all made. Oh, yeah, thank you for sending those. Including the one we got from our, the entry we had from our silent friend who had made a paper car and written Easter on the bonnet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, which was great. Which is great. I loved it. It was, it, and it was actually absolutely perfect as well. Mm. <laughs> absolutely, the uh, the Easter bonnet that that person would have sent. Absolutely perfect, wasn't it? Yeah, very grateful for that. Very grateful for the biscuits as well. Mm. Um, yeah, were they tasty? Were they? Were you glad to receive those? Were you, Charlie? Mm. Happy to receive I was them. Very grateful. I was very grateful to receive them. It's funny. I, I feel like you would also be grateful. Oh no, I mean, if you I received can... some biscuits. No, I couldn't possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, that was a packed week, so uh, we'd better sign off and get ready for the next one. I'm looking forward to it already. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Let's see what happens with the with Harrison's investigations, um, and then with Roy and Oliver's side investigations as well. Yes. Let's see what goes on. Well, thank you for joining us again this week. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. It's uh, it's great to do these episodes. I actually love doing it, and it's lovely to hear all your comments. Yeah, it's lovely to have you with us. So, uh, yeah, have a lovely week. Um, look after yourselves and uh, stay safe and healthy. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.